Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Well, you guys doing all right? It's so funny. Last, last week, um, Kelly, I think you did transition. And she pretty much, if you remember, uh, for those that are here, she kind of preached like half of my sermon. Uh, so I, I was like, well, I could cut that part out now. And that, no, it's, I actually love it. I really do love that because it just confirms. It's like God's speaking. Well, um, tonight uh, during pre-service prayer, uh, and she read it when we opened the service, Susan Ruther read one of my texts. But it was in a different translation, so I can still read it, okay? And, uh, and then Kelly, <laughs> she's like, I'm feeling Matthew 7. Matthew 7, the exact verses that she shared were in my message. Um, but I already took those out anyway when I was short. But I was just like, oh, Jesus, you're so good. It's like he knows. Don't you love that God knows? And uh, he just kind of weaves it all together. Well, um, I want to talk about something that I feel like God's just been kind of stirring in me um, for a little while. And I feel like I was supposed to share it tonight. Um, but if you have your Bibles, and it's going to be on the screen, I want to start in 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, and then we're going to go to Matthew 6, starting in verse 1. So if you want to mark that, but I think it's going to be on the screen. Um, 1 Samuel uh, 16, and this is this is the story of the prophet Samuel going to anoint David, uh, who's yet to be king. Um, Saul was king. God chose a new king, and he's about to anoint uh, young David as as king over Israel. But just before we we go there, I just want to pray one more time. Father, I just thank you for your word that is alive, that's living and active. I thank you, Lord, for special effects. No, I'm just kidding. Lord, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I pray that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight that we would know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so 1 Samuel 16, starting in verse one, it says this. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And he said, they're still the youngest. Now keep in mind, David was so, you know, unqualified in the eyes of people that he wasn't even invited to the dinner, to the sacrifice with the prophet Samuel. He said, there's still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of, of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord 
came powerfully upon David. Don't you love that story? We're going to unpack that a little bit in a minute, but let's just go to Matthew 6, starting in verse 1. Jesus is teaching his disciples now uh, just about prayer, about how to live their lives, and it says this, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before, before you as the hypocrites do in synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Everybody say secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, we live, in, uh, we live in an hour where it's really, really easy for us to put our lives on display for everybody around us. Especially, you know, when it comes to social media, or at least on display to all of our followers or everybody that can see our news feed. And it's really easy for us at, you know, with a little bit of typing or posting a picture or the click of a button to put on display how much we are rocking at life. <laughs> like to put on display how good of a job we're doing or, uh, you know, how, uh, how much influence, how much impact we're having or how connected we are to really cool and influential people. It's really quiet in here right now, Joey. <laughs> it's really, really easy for us to put that on display. But, and apparently, like, this was an issue in the first century, too. They didn't have social media, but Jesus is like, look, guys, when you pray, when you release the kingdom, when you do a charitable deed, where you do what he calls acts of righteousness, don't do it to be seen by men. But when you pray, for example, go into the secret place, close the door, and do it in secret so that your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I am convinced that those who have an eternal impact, I appreciate Kelly's word that this word will have an eternal impact. That's humbling. I hope that's true. But I believe this message has an eternal impact if we'll get a revelation that God isn't looking for how popular we are. You know, we've heard a lot of preaching about the prosperity gospel. What about the popularity gospel? If I can get enough followers, if I can be influential enough, if I can do all of these things, then it will be a sign of God's favor. And listen, I'm not against those things. God uses that. It's not all bad. But I really believe that there is a challenge, for, even for me personally. I'm preaching to myself tonight, and I might get saved. The, um, and, and that is this. Are we living our lives in the secret place before an audience of one? Or we or we are living to impress men for the praise of people. And there's some, and I just feel like I'm supposed to talk about what it looks like 
for us to live a lifestyle of the secret place. Because here, here's the deal. It's, see, putting things out there, letting people know that you had a breakthrough, uh, even posting a testimony of somebody that got healed, it's not all bad. But I'd like to challenge us that before we do something like that, that we actually check the motivation of our heart and we'll ask ourselves, why are we doing it? Are we doing it so that people see how awesome we are? Or are we doing it because we truly believe people will be encouraged, people will be strengthened, and that it gives glory to God? Here, here's the thing. It's not black and white. That's why it's, it's a dance. It's in relationship. How many of you have been enjoying the, the Chosen series? Like that, I just love it. It's like Jeff and I were talking about it. It's like whenever I watch The Chosen, uh, if you haven't watched it, like go on YouTube or that Chosen app, whatever it is, like I'm just like in tears because the actor just like, I think he is Jesus. <laughs> it's like he does such a good job of putting Jesus on display that I'm like, I'm like crying and seeing how compassionate he is. I don't want to tell stories because I don't want to give it away. Just watch it. It's the gospel. It's the Bible. It's awesome. Um, but what I love about Jesus is one moment he's saying, Go and tell your friends and family, after performing a miracle, healing somebody, go tell your friends and family the wonderful things God has done for you today. And then the next moment, he's like, you know what? Don't tell anybody about this. Let's keep this a secret. And usually they go and tell people anyway. But, but my point is this. It's a dance with the Lord. And I really believe that the more we mature in the Lord and the more we grow in intimacy with God, the more we will actually have breakthroughs and encounters and things that are actually just between us and the Lord. And it's something about the secret place that I really believe prepares us to have eternal impact. The Lord, I mean, can I just, can I just tell myself a little bit? Like, I have found myself going to post things and then all of a sudden getting a check and being like, why am I posting this? And it's like, am I posting this because just I'm excited and I might encourage somebody? Or am I posting it because it's actually going to feel good to get a lot of likes on this one? Maybe I'm just preaching to me. Chuck, that was really challenging. Like, just keep going. Keep preaching. It's, the biggest one for me was, was a little while ago. It's actually a, a year or two ago. Um, uh, we helped Kingdom Life and some other help, churches helped host uh, a global awakening event with Randy Clark and different speakers, and Bill Johnson was one of them, and I got to drive Bill around. It's like, I went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry for like three years, and then lived in Reading for a while, and I had some interaction with Bill, but I didn't like drive with him every day, like in my minivan, in my swagger wagon, okay? So I'm picking Bill up at the hotel, and taking, bringing him back to the conference in my really cool minivan, and I'm like, Bill drives like an Aston Martin, and right now he's in my minivan, and, but, but it was fun. I got to talk to him and just hang out. But, and I remember just at the end, I mean, I was just like, hey, Bill, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, I was with him and Robbie Dawkins. He's like, sure. So we like get our picture and I go to, and I go to post it. And, and of course it's Bill Johnson. So my phone just blows up and I have all of these likes. And all of a sudden I felt this, like, I felt this, ooh, like I like that too much. And I was like, I'm going to delete that. Now I'm really going to tell him myself. It was hard for me to delete it. It was, and I was like, I don't want to delete it. It's me and Bill. It's my man. He's in my minivan. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm going to delete it. Because I'd rather experience what it feels like on the other side of that. 
and I deleted it, and I was like, oh, that feels good. Now, is it wrong, you know, for you to get a picture with Benny Hinn and post it? No. Don't hear that. But, but, but I really believe that part of walking in the fear of the Lord versus the fear of man is that we care so much more about what he thinks and what he says than we do about what anybody else thinks. And I really believe that God is setting the church free from the fear of man. There's a lot of definitions of the fear of the Lord. Like, is it, is it, is it reverence? Is it awe? Is it like holy reverence? It's, it's all those things. But you know what the fear of the Lord is? The fear of the Lord is simply caring more about what he thinks than what anybody else does. And it's living our lives before an audience of one. And when we live our lives before an audience of one, guys, this isn't legalism. This isn't religion. It's the fear of the Lord. It's everything that I say, everything that I do. Like I actually start to become more in tune with my heart motivation and I do things under the Lord. I do things to please him and not for the praise of man. Is this helping anybody at all? I love this scripture in, um, in Matthew. I don't think this one's on the screen. But Matthew 12, 36, Jesus said this. He said, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. What's an idle word? If you unpack that word idle, do you know what it means? It means we will give it an account for every word that we speak before actually checking, doing an internal uh, inventory and checking the motivation of our heart before we speak it. What if before every idle thing that we posted, we did an internal check in our, in our intimacy with the Lord and said, why am I doing this? Is it actually to give God glory, to encourage people, or is it because I really need people to see how awesome I am? You guys doing okay? But it says that we'll give an account. And that's, this isn't a judgment thing. This isn't a, a condemnation thing. This is an invitation for us to care more about what he thinks than anybody else's. And I'm telling you, it is freedom when we care more about what he thinks than anybody else. Everybody say the fear of the Lord. Galatians 1 verse 10, Paul said this in the Amplified. Am I now trying to win the favor and approval of men or of God? Or am I seeking to please someone? If I were still trying to be popular with men, I could not be a bondservant of Christ. You can't do both. We can't do both. Uh, a pastor friend in Canada said this. He said, the most convincing sign that someone is truly living their best life is their lack of desire to show the world that they're living their best life. <laughs> because your best life doesn't need validation. Isn't that awesome? See, Jeff isn't going to like that I'm sharing this because he lives this out so well. Like, Jeff does things that nobody knows about, and he doesn't care if anybody knows about them. Like, not that long ago, Ann and I were over for dinner at Jeff and Amory's house. I'm sorry, Jeff, I didn't ask permission for this. <laughs> I'll ask forgiveness later. But, like, Ann Marie is just bragging on Jeff. And she's like, what a lot of you don't know about Jeff is he blah, 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 blah. Or what a lot of people don't know about Jeff is blah, blah, blah. And she was just sharing these amazing things that he did, just helping somebody else out in business and something that he did to really, you know, impact a whole other part of Texas. And, and I'm like, that's amazing. And Jeff's just kind of sitting there quietly. And it's so true. Anne-Marie said, what Jeff wouldn't say about himself is this. 
And like we can learn from that. Like we should all have some things that other people don't know about, and we're okay with them not knowing about it. And man, I just think that there's this fresh fear of the Lord coming on the church where we aren't just filled with freedom from the fear of men, but we are filled with such a raw and holy boldness that comes from the fear of the Lord that the lion of the tribe of Judah is released everywhere we go. Like, um, Autumn and Charlie, Anna bought them this book. It's amazing. If you have little girls, I encourage you to get this book. It's called Women of Courage. And it's all these like short stories of like Elizabeth Elliot and Amy Carmichael and Joan of Arc and like Christine Kane and like somebody that won the Olympics. And it's all these like women who did great things and made history. And our girls are like just fascinated right now. By the way, Charlie, <laughs> for the last little bit, the past couple of weeks, she's been absolutely obsessed with the Virgin Mary. And like so much so that she's walking around the house with a towel over her head. And she's like, can you get, can you, can I, can you get me a towel so I can be the Virgin Mary? I'll make sure. And like her and, her and Autumn are in their room during quiet time playing like Bible. And they're like turning water into wine. And she, but she's the Virgin Mary. Well, now since we got this book, Women of Courage, she is so fascinated with uh, Amy Carmichael. And every night, even though there's all these other women to read about, she's like, I want to read about Amy Carmichael. I'm like, well, babe, there's like, I'm like, sweetie, there's Joan of Arc. There's Pocahontas. She's like, Amy Carmichael. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Amy Carmichael. I was like, I should have it memorized now. Like, Amy Carmichael, let's go. And then, and then Autumn is totally fascinated with uh, Elizabeth Elliot right now. Like I, you know, it's like, man, are my girls going to be martyrs or what? Like, what's the deal? Like, but... It's, it's crazy. The other, yesterday, actually, I was watching the girls, and, or yesterday, the day before, and Anna was out doing something, and I'm watching the girls. I'm like, what do you guys want to do? They're like, we want to play Elizabeth Elliot. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. So I'm like, what do you want to do, Autumn? She's like, I want to be a missionary. I'm like, do you want to preach? She's like, yeah, I want to preach. I'm like, okay, well, Charlie and I will be the audience, and we'll, we sat over on the floor by the couch, and Autumn was on the fireplace, like, like, like platform, and she got up, and she said, hey, everybody, I'm Elizabeth Elliot. <laughs> And I said, hi, hi, Elizabeth. She goes, do you know God? I go, I go, no. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm playing the part. I, I go, no. Can you tell me how to know God? And she's like, well, he's Jesus. He's the bread of the life. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he is the bread of the life. She's like, he's the savior and the redeemer. <laughs> and I'm like, he is the savior and the redeemer. And she's, she's preaching and she is into it. And I'm like, how can I know God? She's like, just pray. And she lifted her hands out like this. She said, God, come into my heart. I said, God, come into my heart. And I'm like, I'm like getting born again in my house the other day. I said, God, come into my heart. She goes, do you feel it? And then she said this. She goes, do you feel it? I go, yeah, I feel it. She goes, do you feel a lion in your heart? Listen. I love, I love that he's the lamb, but he's also the lion. I love that he's gentle, loving, and kind, but he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's going to roar through a generation that is free from the fear of man and is set on fire with the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm thankful that there's a generation getting a hold of this. Just last night, we were out for a walk in our neighborhood. Anna, me, all the girls were walking. We see one of our neighbors coming with a sling and her arms in a sling. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, what would you do to your arm? And she's like, I just had uh, surgery on my shoulder for my rotator cuff. And I'm like, oh, does it hurt? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, listen, I don't know what you think about prayer, but can we pray for you? She's like, yes, please. And I go, Autumn, do you want to pray? 
And this is what she did. No word of exaggeration. <laughs> Jesus, I pray that you would make her shoulder feel better and she'd be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. And like the, the neighbor was kind of like, okay. <laughs> you know, and then, and then Autumn's like, bye. You know, and listen. I don't know if she got healed, but we'll find out. My point is this. There is a generation getting free from the fear of man and set on fire with a boldness that comes from living before an audience of one. And, and, and this is what God wants to do. And I love reading about the book. I'm reading through Acts again right now. And listen, the, the power of the Holy Spirit turned Peter the apostle into a timid fisherman that denied Jesus three times, gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he's in front of 3,000 people boldly preaching and saying, the Jesus you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. And listen, he preached with such authority, power, and conviction that 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus right there on the spot. That type of boldness, authority, and power is being released to the church as we live our lives before an audience of one. And listen, David was like so unqualified in the eyes of the world. And, and David, like, think about it. Um, by the way, David, like the things that we read about that David did that were amazing, like, like taking out Goliath, Remember, remember that, you know, in, in, in the book of Samuel, like Goliath shows up, he's threatening the Philistines. He's like, send one of your guys to fight me. If I kill him, you'll be our servants. If he kills me, we'll be your servants. David shows up. He's not even old enough to be in the army. He just shows up to give his brothers lunch. And he overhears Goliath. He's like, what's the deal with this guy? That's like blaspheming our God. And he's like, by the way, what's going to happen to the guy that takes him out? I'm like, well, I heard that family's going to be like exempt from taxes and you're going to get his wife and she's pretty hot. And, and David's like, I'm in. And he goes to Saul. He's like, I can take him out. And what did he say? He said, listen, when I was alone in the field looking after the sheep, when nobody saw me, when nobody was looking, a bear or a lion would come and take one of the sheep and the power of God would come upon me and I would take him out with my staff and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Listen, because David cultivated intimacy and had private breakthroughs in the secret place, it prepared him for breakthroughs in the public place and prepared him to be king. Listen, if you'll have victories when nobody else is looking, God will trust you to have victories when everybody's looking. And uh, some of you follow uh, Ryan Lestrange, um, a prophetic guy, uh, has a lot of stuff online, but he said this that I love so much. He said, God, I think we have it on the screen, this, that quote from Ryan, Ryan Lestrange, listen to this. God has a tendency of picking up a nobody to become a somebody in front of everybody without asking anybody. <laughs> and do you know who he does that with? He does it with people who are okay being hidden, with, pe with people who are okay hanging out in the secret place. And then David, of course, goes to put on Saul's armor. He's like, this is too heavy. He's like, I'm just gonna take my slingshot and these stones, and he takes out Goliath, and he has a public victory because he cultivated intimacy with God and had victory in secret when nobody else was looking. And now David, think about it. 
the prophet Samuel comes to anoint one of Jesse's sons king. David isn't even invited. Has all the sons that have all the accolades, that are tall, strong, handsome. He's like, surely this is the one. God's like, nope. Oh, it must be this guy. Nope, not him. He's like, man, he had seven of them pass by. And he's like, is this all your sons? He's like, well, there's still David. But he's like out in the field looking after the sheep. He's like, bring them. We're not going to sit down and eat until, until we do this thing. David shows up. God's like, he's the one. And he anoints him king. Why? Because David knew what it looked like to live before an audience of one and cultivate intimacy, to have an intimate relationship with the Lord. Went into his room, sought the Lord in private, didn't feel like he had to put his relationship with God on display. Didn't feel like he had to put his victories on display. But when God called him to do it, he would do it. It's a dance with the Lord. But I believe the Lord is inviting us into that place. And I feel like Kelly just um, hit this so hard. And it was so good. She's like, listen, God's not hard to find. Just ask him. And that was, I was going to close with that message. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. God's not hard to find. Do you know where he is? He's in the secret place. He's in the secret place. He's in that place of just getting alone and honest before the Lord and saying, God, here I am. I want to seek you. And I heard at church this week that you're not hard to find. (laughs) So I just want to press into your heart. And listen, I believe God is marking a generation in the secret place. He is marking people. Listen, I believe God is going to raise up. There's so many people that are hidden away, just hidden away with God, spending time with God in the secret place. And God, God's finger is on them and he's gonna raise them up, you know, without asking anybody. And he's gonna put them on display as a manifestation of his sons and daughters of God to display his glory. But it's people that are okay being hidden and waiting on the, t- listen, you can exalt yourself or you can wait for God to do it. It works a lot better if you wait for God to do it. And in James, it says, humble yourself before the Lord that he may lift you up. And he's going to exalt those. And listen, it's not about being exalted. It's just about being in the secret place, but he will put his glory on display through you. But it's a lot better when he does it. I'm going to have the musicians come on up. And uh, we're just going to spend a little bit of time um, just pressing into that. And we're going to pray. But let's do this. Let's just all stand together for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. We love you. Let's just become aware of his presence and, you know, just lift your hands before him and and just invite him to come encounter your heart. And I feel like what God's going to do, I feel like he's going to release a fresh hunger to encounter the Lord in the secret place. And listen, some of you, as you just press in and get alone with God, I I feel like God's going to start to release dreams into your heart. He's going to start to release a fresh vision and excitement for what it is that he's going to do through your life to impact planet earth for the kingdom. And Susan read this, but I just want to read this again. Psalm 27, verse 4. David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And Psalm 91 verse one says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. In him I will trust. I just feel like there's an invitation. I don't even know what we're supposed to do. But Anne Marie's gonna do something really anointed up there. And then we're just gonna present ourselves before the Lord and say, God, here I am. I wanna go into the secret place. If you wanna come on up to the front, you can do that as just a prophetic act. If you wanna get on your knees, if you just wanna lift your hands before him, whatever it is that you wanna do, let's offer ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. I commit myself to encountering you in the secret place. So Father, we just do that right now. We say, here we are. We're hungry for fresh encounters with your love, with your heart, with your spirit, and with your power. And I actually feel like there's people being set free from the fear of man right now. Like sometimes we can just become paralyzed by the opinions of others. And if you say, you know what? I just wanna be set free from the fear of man. Just lay that at his feet right now. Say, Lord, take this. I repent to the fear of man and I choose the fear of the Lord. Lord, I pray that you would release just a holy boldness and a courage to put your glory on display everywhere we go. Lord, we repent of the fear of man and we choose the fear of the Lord. We choose to live our lives before an audience of one making decisions based on what you think. And we just present ourselves to you afresh right now. And say, Lord, we want to encounter you afresh in the secret place from this day forward, that we live before an audience of one. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlifesa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.